May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God. For you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, speaking on behalf of all who are here to celebrate and to pray with the good people of St. Andrews and with you, Tim, let me say how happy we are to be sharing this moment. You have already committed yourselves to one another and your life together is well underway. So if there were a moment in this service where, you know, like in a marriage ceremony, if anyone had just cause, we're well beyond that point. But today, we gather in public sacrament and celebration, as is our custom, um, not only to create a space where people like us can celebrate with you, but also to create a holy space where God's grace and power can reveal itself so that you may go forward from this day with even greater confidence and joy. The beginning of a relationship between a spiritual leader and a community is a wondrous and hopeful time. It can also be emotional and a bit anxious, understandably so, because you have such high hopes and expectations for one another. You've taken a big risk with each other without fully knowing what you've gotten yourselves into. And there are bound to be a few bumps in the road in the early days as you adjust and settle in together. But there is such blessing and important, never to be repeated insights from this first season of ministry as you hold hands and jump. And you know this already. I am here in part to encourage you in the good work that is yours as you wholeheartedly craft and offer weekly worship of God, as you commit to grow in faith and in your walk with Christ, as you raise children and seek to be a place of welcome for young adults and all those seeking their faith in this university community and all who work in that great public institution, as together you share the joys and pains of life's passages, strive to be good neighbors, offer hospitality, commit yourselves to Christian service and advocacy and sharing the good news of Jesus. As you were about all these good things, which is the ministry of the church, in this new season, I urge you all to pay attention and open yourselves as widely as you can to the loving presence of Christ moving in and among you. For no matter how long or how short you have been part of this congregation, 
No matter how long or how short a time you have considered yourselves a Christian, a follower of Jesus, the newness of this season, I promise you, gives you new eyes with which to see and new ears with which to hear. Stories from the Bible that you've heard all your life will speak to you with new meaning. A person you've been looking across a table or a church pew for years will surprise you with insights that you never heard before. Certainly Tim comes with new eyes and ears. Don't be afraid of what he hears and sees. And the people of St. Andrew's, Tim, are going to experience you in a way that is utterly unique to them and to this moment, and they will challenge you in new ways. And this, in part, is what makes this particular season so important, because you're all off kilter a bit. You're all rookies. Things are a bit stirred up in a good way. I've seen that in your faces already, and some of you have told me. And God is in the midst of all of this, inviting you to a deeper faith, a more vibrant expression of Christian community, a more compelling witness to the gospel. So, go all in, St. Andrews, in this season of joy and adventure. And I encourage you to have fun with this. Allow the loving heart of Jesus in and create space for new possibilities. Now, here's one suggestion. At Diocesan Convention next week, all of your delegates and clergy present from St. Andrews are going to receive a deck of cards. And they have, each one of them, a question designed to encourage us to share stories of our lives and faith. For example, Jesus teaches us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Share the story of a time in your life when this was especially challenging. How did you respond? Or if you don't like that one, you can pick another. <laughs> Try this. Share an experience when your faith sustained you in a particularly difficult time, or when your faith enabled you to help another person going through a difficult time. See where this is going. I'll try one more. How has your experience of the Episcopal liturgy brought you closer to God? Now, what if you were to begin each meeting at St. Andrews for the next year or so with a 10-minute faith-sharing conversation with the person sitting next to you? What might you learn about each other and about God's presence in your lives that you never knew before, even if you've been sitting across that table for years? Or what if you hosted dinner parties where this was part of the event, the evening's event, 
Um, I've done this actually with people across the diocese at our dinner table. Sometimes members of the same congregation, sometimes complete strangers. And the conversations are always rich, uplifting, and joyful. So, one possibility. Never said the bishop never gave you anything. <laughs> um, St. Andrews, as you already know, you are blessed to have in your new rector a man with a passion for faith exploration and intentional spiritual growth. He brings that as part of his charism to you. And I, I ask that you allow his gifts to take you deeper in your own faith and to discern with him how Christ is calling you in love and service for others. So this season also brings with it an explicit invitation for you to recommit to a practice of daily prayer. A few minutes each day in quiet, offering God intentional time and space as you sit in silence or in reading scripture. Um, now, many of you perhaps, I mean, note certainly are already seasoned daily prayers, but if you haven't been faithful in a while to this, or it's completely new to you, don't worry. Um, you can do it again. You can start again. You can start for the first time, and it is well worth it. Um, and if you'd like to join with Episcopalians from around the country in this practice, you might consider this Lent taking part in what the presiding bishop has called the Good Book Club. He's inviting all of us, all of us, to read together in the season of Lent the Gospel of Luke and to continue on in the Easter season with the Book of Acts. And there's all kinds of information about that if you'd like to uh, explore that on a link, which I'll leave with you, called the Good Book Club. You hear what I'm saying, right? In an early season to renew yourselves to basic practices again, to draw closer to each other and to your God. This early season is also a wonderful opportunity for what I like to call gentle and courageous ministry evaluation, which is not something we as Episcopalians are particularly good at. We seem to have... Um, we seem to have this embedded preference for keeping things exactly the way they are, which is not a bad thing when the things that we're doing are bearing fruit. But without disciplines of evaluation, we can spend a lot of energy and resources on endeavors that are no longer fruitful. Um, and one way to practice evaluation in this early season is to cultivate a kind of dual vision while you're paying attention as best you can while you're doing what you're doing to what you're doing and the larger sense of purpose and calling to, for which it serves. Um, one author on leadership defines this as having um, the kind of vision that you have both when you're dancing on a dance floor and when you're up on the balcony watching the dancers on the dance floor, remembering that you're out there too, right? So it's just constantly going back and forth between being in the midst of it and stepping back to ask, why and how and for what purpose are we doing what we're doing? 
And is what we're doing fulfilling that purpose? Um, one minister in um, Herndon, Virginia, that I especially love, a Methodist, by the way, um, Methodist has this one example that he gives. He says that if you can incorporate two words into your ministry vocabulary, you will always be about this gentle evaluation. And the two words are, so that. And it, it starts like this. Everything that you say and do as church, everything that I say and do as bishop, everything we're about, has a so that clause. We are here celebrating the new ministry between St. Andrews and your rector, Tim Johnson, so that you might be inspired and encouraged to go forth in confidence as the people of God in this place. Do you hear what I'm saying? And then we can evaluate after we're done how we did. We have a vacation Bible school every summer so that... Children can learn more about their faith, right? So one of the ways we can evaluate is, did, in fact, children learn more about their faith? So that we can offer a more compelling and inviting witness to our neighbors as we welcome them into our community. Uh, those are good answers. The less than fruitful answer would be, so that we can have a vacation Bible school. <laughs> Am I right? Um, you get the point. One final thought. And this is taking inspiration from that young boy uh, who is my biblical hero. The young boy who stepped forward at an opportune moment to offer Jesus what he had. In other versions of the same story of the miracle of the loaves and the fish, it's the disciples who have the bread and the fish. But the point is the same. When we offer to Jesus what we have, even when we know it isn't sufficient to address the need that we are called to, um, that that is before us, Jesus, in his grace and power, can make a miracle happen. I've seen it time and again. I dare say so have you. Nothing, nothing, nothing sustains me more in my life and ministry than this experience of offering what I have when I know it's not enough. And somehow multitudes are fed, not because of me, but because of the grace of Christ working in and through me and countless others to provide what could not otherwise be provided. Surely God could have set the universe up differently, but for whatever reason God chose this way, to ask us to participate in the healing, redemptive mysteries of the world, not by doing more than what we can do, but offering what we can be and do and allowing Jesus to work through us. These are the experiences that give us hope. These are the experiences that make us brave. I urge you, St. Andrews and Tim, I urge you now to be brave and to offer Jesus what you have and who you are in this moment, in this season, and dare to believe 
that in so doing you become part of something far bigger than you will ever realize. Go deeper now with one another. Be faithful in prayer. Take time to reflect on who you are and what you do and evaluate the fruitfulness of your ministry. And, and have fun. Please. There is nothing more contagious than a joyful Christian community. And remember that you're not alone. We are in this holy work together so that the Episcopal Church we love may take its humble and fruitful place in God's mission of healing, reconciling love. May it be so for all of us. Amen.